you click there on my site and go to the YouTube. It's the Faith United Methodist Church YouTube. If you're subscribed, that helps or do a like or unlike or whatever. Uh, that's helpful to us to build our audience, um, share these uh, sermons uh, or homilies with other folks. We've been out now uh, for several weeks after we went back, but we were in the yellow in Clayton uh, this past week, and so if that holds up for another week, it's possible that we might be back in the building. Um, we want to go two complete weeks to make sure that, uh, of course, there'll still be restrictions and... Let me get my mask. Don't forget your mask. And so, um, and we have social distancing and what have you. There's a lot of controversy uh, about the virus, but I'm just hearing of too many, too many folks that I know that uh, really have uh, gotten sick. Teachers are dying. Uh, a lot of people are dying, of course. But uh, we got to be careful uh, with this thing. It's a different kind of virus, and it's mutated uh, numerous times. Some medical people have told me, and so <clears throat> let's not be too haughty in our thinking and think that we know everything. I certainly don't, and I do, certainly don't want anyone to be ill, uh, but I do have uh, some uh, friends from my uh, college days that are in, one's in the hospital now, uh, and has just gotten out of uh, intensive care. So, and one of the instructors of my college passed away because of the coronavirus, so, and other people that I've known and I'm getting a lot of reports from teachers and uh, what have you across the country and students. So we've got to be careful, folks. Um, I am glad to have you here. Last week I talked to you about uh, forgiveness a little bit, what's required, what's required of me. And uh, we often wonder that when we're talking about uh, being uh, a Christian and when we talk about forgiveness and we talk about grace and some people talk about cheap grace and, uh, and what it really requires uh, to uh, uh, understand uh, the gospel and understand a relationship with Jesus Christ. But a primary thing is to be able to forgive folks and to be able to have a, a relationship with our fellow human beings. I think that's really what God has always wanted is a relationship with us and us to have a good relationship with each other. Well, you know, God is also patient, but uh, we, we keep uh, missing the mark on that. So what is forgiveness about? And I want to share um, a little bit with you today from uh, my book that I enjoy so much from Jimmy Carter, Sources of Strength. But I'm going to first read from the Gospel of St. Matthew, May Christ be in our thinking, in our speaking, and in our hearts, uh, with the 18th chapter, uh, starting where we finished last week and going through uh, 21st verse and through the 35th verse. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive as many as seven times Seven, Jesus said to him, not seven times, but I tell you, seventy-seven times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king 
who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him, and he could not pay. His Lord ordered him to be sold, together with his wife and children, and all his possessions and payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the Lord of that slave released him and forgave him the debt. But that same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves, who owed him a hundred denarii, and seized him by the throat. He said, Pay what you owe. Then his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. But he refused, and he went and threw him into prison until he would pay the debt. When the fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all the debt because you have pleaded with me. Should you not have mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in anger his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay for his entire debt. So my heavenly Father will also do every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. As we know, Jesus taught in parables, and of course we can't take every bit of that literally, but we do know that there's a principle there that Jesus taught in his uh, parables. And today I want to talk about that principle of forgiveness and what it requires of us and of each other uh, when we're forgiving one another. Sometimes we really uh, pass the buck when it comes to uh, understanding the scriptures and uh, our knowledge and not want to take ownership of our transgressions. You know, we say, forgive us our trespasses. Some uh, churches say, forgive our debts. Uh, some say, forgive our sins in the model prayer. But it's all basically the same thing. But we want to pass the buck. A story uh, that uh, Brett Blair gives of, in, in a message uh, that this little boy was in Sun School, and the Sun School teacher asked, um, who knocked down the Jericho wall? And she called on little Johnny over there, and he said, I don't know who did, and it sure wasn't me. And so she said, well, who did it? And she said, I'm not going to write anybody out. So she took him down to the Sunday uh, school superintendent and told what happened, and the superintendent said, well, uh, well, if anybody's not down anything over here, take it to the trustees. And so uh, the trustee, head trustee was down in the Western room and they were having a meeting. So she took the little boy down and she said that, uh, told the whole story. And he said, well, we'll have to have a meeting and see what we can do about getting the uh, Jericho wall fixed if it's on the property. Uh, I'm sure we have enough in our account to take care of it. So we're always looking, you know, someone just, the story there is that sometimes folks are just plain out of touch with what's going on and don't understand maybe what the scripture, the story of the walls of Jericho. But the biggest point is that they kept pushing 
you know, passing the buck and nobody really knew what they were talking about. So we hear a lot of stuff uh, on television, we read books, we read articles, and everybody's pointing fingers. And it's always, as I've said, you know, we've got a lot of different opinions out there. And then here we are in the political season and, and uh, a lot of finger pointing and uh, varied opinions. I have mine, you have yours. And, but how do we live our, our lives as Christians? Uh, I think Leonard Sweet, um, very good theologian, I think, uh, tweeted out this morning from uh, the uh, British Methodist superintendent, and it was something about you can't sell the grace of God, but it is nice to give, you know, maybe have some uh, uh, free giveaways from time to time. So uh, we do need to pass out some samples of what grace is all about and what the gospel is all about. And so that's what I'm trying to do here, respecting all faiths and different faiths within our own Christian framework and outside of our uh, faith as well. We're all trying to find our way home. And so, um, but th for me, uh, I have chosen uh, and raised in the Christian faith and, um, and continue to do so and seek to live out my faith, but it's not always easy. It's never been easy. Sometimes, uh, especially when it comes to forgiveness, um, you know, I'm not talking about my personal sins or, or anything that, that, that's there. I always say I'm the biggest sinner that I know. We all have that, but when we have to start working out in those relationships and forgiving folks, uh, we, we really fall short on that too. Um, I can think of a number of people who have uh, wronged me through the years, and, and, and I can think of one person particularly that just really, really uh, did me wrong. Um, and it's an employment situation. And I've often said, you know, I, my, like they were saying goes, I'll, I'll, I'll dance on that person's grave or dance today. Because uh, I used to say, well, what is it that, a friend of mine asked me, what is it that you really want, you know, from this individual? I want an apology. Well, she said, well, you're never going to get that. And so you just need to forgive and go on. Well, I've tried and I keep trying. And I've gotten a lot better. I know uh, even with my own dad who died at age 54 um, with colon cancer while I was a senior in college. I remember one of my professors there was taking him down, driving him uh, to my hometown. He was doing a uh, Bible study, uh, Dr. John Swells, if uh, you see this, you may remember this trip. And uh, we were having a conversation, he said, and I had some problems with my dad. So said, well, you've never forgiven him. I said, well, maybe not. He said, no, I'm telling you, you, you haven't. And this was before I found out. The next year, we found out that he, he was ill and then he was gone in less than six months. And I've often regretted. I tried. I tried. And then, so I've had to do some post-forgiveness uh, um, and, and just in faith letting that go. So we don't want to wait too late and too long until people are gone until we can reconcile with them. Uh, that we can get that peace that, uh, that we need. Um, we all have our things that, that hold us down and hold us back. Um, people are always hurting each other. 
I've said things that hurt people's feelings unintentionally and intentionally. Um, and so we, we, we like to think of all those that hurt us, but we don't really think that much about how we may have hurt other people and need their forgiveness as well. And sometimes we have to forgive ourselves for our own uh, sins as well as we know God forgives us and other people forgive us, but sometimes we have to forgive ourselves of our own wrongdoings and uh, uh, shortcomings and realize that we're not perfect. So there's a price to forgiveness. And I want to read you a little story uh, from Jimmy Carter, uh, one of my very favorite people, as I told you, and this is Sources of Strength, and he's got a lot of books out, but this is The Art of Forgiving. And he uses the passage from Luke 6, 37, Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. One of the most difficult challenges in life is to truly forgive someone who has injured us. In some cases, the passage can, of time can help. As years go by, the pain we suffer uh, suffered grows less, and so does our resentment. Until one day we discover that our anger and bitterness are almost are, are completely gone. We may not even remember the original dispute. We can all relate to that, can't we? In other cases, however, the anger grows. This may particularly uh, be likely in instances where our paths repeatedly cross those of people who hurt us, and that makes it very difficult. It's easy to find ourselves selectively noticing everything hateful or despicable about the other people and ignoring all they do that is admirable or generous so that our feeling of condemnation increases with the years. We can never see the good in those people that we hold, that, that unforgiveness, that hold, we hold that contempt. And in the most extreme case, we can become obsessed with someone else whom we blame for blighting our life. That's what I was just talking about. The result can be an existence mired in bitterness and despair. As Christians, we have a special responsibility to avoid letting resentment of others fester in us. Jesus specifically commands us to forgive our neighbors. And not just once or twice or seven times, but 70 times seven, as we just read in Matthew 18, verse 22. Furthermore, the scriptures for people who state, or implied that unless we are willing to forgive others, we ourselves will not be forgiven, not only by our fellow human beings, but by God. Now that's a strong statement. We're warned then that our resentment of others uh, constitutes a barrier, not only between ourselves and them, but between us and God. It's a danger that Christians need to take seriously. This was brought home to me, Jimmy Carter says, years ago during my 1966 campaign for governor of Georgia. While on a political tour in Georgia, on the Georgia coast, I made plans to attend Sunday school morning services with an old, at an old Episcopal church on St. Simon's Island with uh, Philip Alston. I wonder if it was Christ Church, Wesley's old church. A good friend of mine says, I was surprised when he called 
and at the last minute to explain that he couldn't receive Holy Communion that Sunday because he had felt unable to forgive someone who had slighted him. At first I thought he was foolish, but soon I realized that Philip's scruples were biblically based. In his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus warns us, if you're offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother. Then come and offer your gift. That's in Matthew 5, 23. To forgive and to be forgiven, then, are reciprocal acts. Let me say that again. To forgive and to be forgiven, then, are reciprocal acts. We can't have one without the other. But to forgive another who has seriously wronged us is not easy. Anger has a way of springing back to life inside us, even when we feel that we've laid it aside for good. Perhaps Jesus' admonition to forgive our brother 70 times 7 times refers to the fact that we may have to overcome our own inner anger in reaction to a single offense that many times. Sometimes the only way to put aside our resentment is deliberately to take an overt step toward reconciliation, difficult though it may be. One of the most important events in my political life, Jimmy says, was the debate between then-Governor Ronald Reagan and me during the 1980 presidential campaign. I remember that well. Sometime after, we learned that a copy of my secret personal briefing book without debate had been stolen beforehand by a Reagan supporter who worked for me in the White House. Eventually, it became known that a noted columnist and author had used the Perlong Briefing Book uh, to help prepare my opponent for the debate. My positions on all the important issues, my analysis of Reagan's positions, my assessment of his vulnerabilities, my tactical plans for the debate, and the words and phrases I hope to use for verbal uh, parties and responses. All of these were known and used against me by a respected journalist who profess fairness and objectivity. Obviously, I think what he did was very wrong, but to my detriment, I retained the resentment for years after the event. Try as I might, I could not bring myself to forgive him until one day as I was preparing a Sunday school lesson on which every topic of forgiveness, on this very topic of forgiveness, my own hypocrisy was too much to ignore. I decided to think of some concrete step I could take to break down the barrier and anger I allowed to grow between the columnist and myself, casting about for something and anything that he and I had in common. I finally thought of books we'd written. My family and I have all been, long been avid baseball fans, and I knew that he had written a book on the subject. I avoided reading it, but now I visited a used book uh, shop near the Carter Center in Atlanta and brought an old copy for a dollar. I bought one for a dollar. I had to admit it was a good book and after reading it I wrote the author a note telling him how I had bought his book, expressing my appreciation for the insights and he had given to me into some of the intricacies uh, of baseball 
in offering reconciliation after our long feud. He responded to good humor, only regretting that I hadn't bought a new copy of the book and paid the full price. Now, much to my relief, I can read his column or see him offering his opinions on television with such more positive reaction than before. At least partially, one of my resentments has been removed. Is there a burden of anger, hurt, or resentment towards someone weighing upon us? We shouldn't ignore it any longer. With God's help, we can think of someone, some gesture of forgiveness or reconciliation to offer and have the courage to make the first move. To have the courage to make the first move. Doing so can be an important step toward emotional and psychological healing and a new freedom in the grace of Christ's love. What a beautiful thought from President Carter. The courage of the first move toward forgiveness. We all know we need it. We all look to God for it. But those around us need our Even the people we can't stand, <laughs> you know, that we really have a hard time uh, finding anything good in them. But, but Preston Carter says, you know, look at their good attributes and say, well, you know, I don't even think they have any. I think all of God's creation surely has some, something good. And so, but the, the part that we carry is that resentment and that hatred and that unforgiveness. And we expect it, just like the story in the parable in Scripture. We expect God to forgive us. And the, and the, the king, for the slave, begged for forgiveness because he owed uh, 10,000 talents, or 10 denarii, rather. Uh, 10,000 talents. And that would be, gosh, millions of dollars now. But then the other uh, person owed only uh, 10,000 denarii or less, which is much, much less even to put it in today's dollars. But he wouldn't forgive that small amount even though he had gotten forgiveness for the big sins, but wouldn't grant forgiveness to someone else for much less. Three, three fingers pointing back to me here, folks. We all have a hard time with that as part of our human condition. But if we are to continue uh, as a society, as a, a country, as a denomination, uh, whatever yours might be, but talking to mine, particularly United Methodist Church, we got a lot of forgiving and reconciling to do. We as individuals, we have that. If we want peace in our mind and hearts and, 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 and all of that, we, we really need to consider taking, having the courage, as Mr. Carter said, to take that first step. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. Forgive us our debts 
Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who trespass against us, who, who are in our debt, who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and evermore shall be, world without end. Amen and Amen. That amazing grace that God has given us, God forgave us. May God help us to forgive others. And I think if we offer forgiveness, it'll come back to us. But sometimes it takes that first step. May God be with you throughout this week. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Hope now and forevermore.